Bible has been around, read, adjusted, and interacted with for literally ages. Greg has read it so you don't have to, and now births into the world, Better Bible. Before we begin, as you will be listening to a retelling of Bible, please note that trigger warnings are in place for racism, xenophobia, violence, sexual assault, rape, child abuse, incest, animal cruelty, and more. Welcome to A Better Bible. Better Bible 2, the new batch. Let's do this. Hello, I'm back again from my break. Are you well? I hope you're well. But right, let's start this. Gospel of Matthew. Okay, right from the top then, and this will go for everything, but particularly these opening four Gospels, you know that Matthew isn't the actual person or people who write this, and I know that Matthew isn't the actual person or people who wrote this, but we both know I will be referring to Matthew every now and then as if it is the person who wrote it. So each time I do that, no matter how tempting it feels, you don't need to well actually me, okay? We all clear? Good. So, Matthew has a bee in his bonnet for proving that every single bastard prophecy in the Hebrew Bible has been fulfilled by Jesus. He tries this so hard that we get an amusing mistake later on where Matthew misunderstands one of the prophecies and has Jesus riding two different animals into Jerusalem at the same time, one foot on each creature as he surfs into town. Say it with me now. Oh, Matthew, you fucking idiot, you. But that's later on. Let's start at the beginning, which has a very long and tedious list of people, in theory, showing that Jesus is related to Abraham, to David, showing a godly and royal bloodline all the way up to Joseph, who, as we find out in a bit, isn't actually Jesus' dad, rendering this whole endeavour worthless. Also, if Joseph is a direct descendant of King Hanging David from off of Bible, how did they end up so poor? Because the implication is that they are wow poor. Shouldn't there be some kind of cash knocking about? Now, uh, oh, right, there are 14 generations from Abraham to King David, 14 generations from King David to the exile, and 14 generations from the exile to Jesus. The number 14 is almost certainly important, and if any of you lot find out why, drop me a line, would you? To the birth of Jesus. Mary is due to marry Joseph, but before they get married, she falls pregnant by God. God had a way with young Mary. Joseph, right, he finds out that his fiancée is babied up big time by not him out of wedlock, and so as not to be disgraced for having not his baby, so he planned, he planned to quickly and quietly divorce the skank. So presumably they are married, or I, I didn't think they were married yet. Does divorce mean something else, like to terminate an engagement? Is that a divorce as well? Well, whatever, right? Joseph wants to drop Mary like a goddamn stone. But before he gets the chance, an angel comes to him in a dream. A cowardly way to let someone know that you fucked their wife, if you ask me. Angel tells him not to panic, as it's God's baby. And by the way, make sure you call it Jesus. Joe wakes up and marries Mary. So divorce must mean something else. Because he wasn't married. Um, anyway, right? They don't fuck each other until after she gives birth to Jesus. After Jesus is born in Bethlehem, right, during the reign of King Herod, some magi from the east rock up to Herod and are like, sup, where's the king of the Jews? 
And the king is like, I'm right here, bitches. And they go, no, 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 the other king of the Jews. Because he thought he was king of the Jews, so he shits it and tells them that it's probably Bethlehem because of a prophecy. So Herod did already know and shouldn't have been surprised, really. Because King Herod didn't know Jesus was born, but as soon as he was asked, King Herod tells them exactly where he was born, right? The king tells the Magi to go find the king baby and report back to him, letting him know where he is. They follow a star and the star stops over the house that Jesus was born in. They do a worship and give him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Right, yeah. They then have a dream where an angel tells them Herod is a wrong un and not to go back to him. So they bail back east. Another angel, or the same one, who knows, right, rocks up and tells Joseph to take himself, Mary and Jesus to Egypt as Herod wants to murder Jesus. They bail and wait in Egypt for the death of King Herod, another great big tick on all these prophecies. Herod, meanwhile, figures out that the Magi aren't coming back and he's mad, like he's furious. So, in a reasonable Bible way, he gives orders to murder every two-year-old and under boy in Bethlehem and the surrounding areas. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the surrounding areas of Bethlehem, it doesn't include Egypt. So, our key figures are perfectly safe. Matthew's very quick to point out that all of these things fulfill a few prophecies. Anyway, right, time comes to pass. Herod dies, so an angel lets Joe go back to Israel. Joe and his family go to Nazareth in Galilee, as it seems the safest option. And, oh look, that's yet another big green tick in Matthew's book of prophecies. The book suddenly feels like it's going, oh shit, I forgot to mention one of the best bits, right? Check out this guy, lads. And we have to hear about John the Baptist, who is like, right, he's kind of a Rob Zombie figure. He's banging on about prophecies and the coming chap that Isaiah was going on about. He eats locusts and honey, as I imagine Rob Zombie does, and he's having a pop at all the Pharisees, calling them vipers and that, right? Whilst John the Baptist baptizes in water, he mentions that the one that follows him, spoiler, gonna be Jesus, right? Is gonna be much more metal and baptize in fire. Jesus pops up and John loses his mind, going all, how can I baptize you? You should baptize me. And Jesus is all like, nah, man, baptizing is like your whole deal. Baptize me and then I'll baptize you. It's like a baptize off. And Matthew is all like, see, like in the goddamn prophecies. Following this quick baptismal aside, Jesus promptly fucks off into the wilderness for 40 days, bans for nights. He's like, wow hungry, right? And as luck would have it, the tempter rocks up, says, sup, and then encourages JC to turn some stones to bread. Jesus says, man can't live on bread alone, but needs God's word as well, which is silly, because let's pretend that's true. Whilst man cannot live on bread alone, and by bread we take this to mean food, man does need to live on bread in addition to any spiritual nonsense. Anyway, right, the devil, yeah, it jumps from tempter to devil to Satan to tempter and all over the place, right? Shows Jesus a city from the top of a cliff and tells him to throw himself off. God's, God's angels, angels will surely save the Jesus. Ever the spoil sport, Jesus says, don't test God. Okay, right, devil is running out of ideas, so still up a mountain or something. Shows Jesus kingdom loads of really prosperous kingdoms and says you'll get all that if you worship Satan and Jesus says nah I'm a one god man pal and Satan fucks off don't worry about Jesus in the wilderness though as an angel turns up and helps him out doing all 
all the stone bread things, I imagine, that he just selfish... Uh, who knows? Jesus, presumably fully sated, now learns about John the Baptist being arrested. Major drums. More of that later, though, because we next have Jesus starting to preach. All end times, heaven is at hand stuff, and he meets Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, probably called Andy, by the Sea of Galilee. They are fishing, and Jesus says, fuck the fish, come with me. And they do. Immediately just down their tools and start following him. Which, right, here are some impressionable men who are desperate for a cause. He then meets James, called James, and John, called John, who are in a boat with their dad. Jesus says to follow him, and they just instantly ditch their dad. Again, we have to assume that moments before Jesus turned up, James and John were plotting to push their dad over the edge of the fucking boat and murder him. They see some fella rocking up and are all like, chill out, right? This might have to wait a bit. But then, when Jesus says, come with me, I am a magic god preacher, or whatever, or however he phrased it, right? James and John just go, this sounds a little easier than murder, and so went off with the strange man. Never do that, by the way. No matter how charismatic a man is. In fact, right, if someone tells you to follow them and leave your world behind, the more charismatic they are, the more you should definitely leave them while alone. This Bible is horrendously slapdash with safety. Next up, Jesus is going to tell everyone to run downstairs with scissors. Anyway, Jesus has his ragaman crew knock about synagogues, and Jesus causes trouble and heals disease. He does the Sermon on the Mount, which is just going, you think those people are rubbish? Actually, they're the best ones. And loads of rules essentially saying you must be perfect or you're a massive cockhole. Do good, but for fuck's sake, shut up about it. Don't judge. Why notice sawdust in your neighbor's eye and miss the plank in your eye, you fucking dickhead? If you are a dick, then you're a dick and don't be a dick, for fuck's sake. When he's finished with all that, right? All that undoing and redoing of all the rules held sacred by these people, he heals a few more people. Which is now sort of his move, right? His go-to bit is healing. Most of the time, after healing people, he says, do not tell anyone about this. But we are reading it, so someone blabbed. Oh, and Matthew, not Gospel Matthew, I imagine, who is a tax collector, joins Jesus' gang. Everyone is like, what the fuck, dude? And Jesus is all like, you want to heal the healthy or the sick? These fuckers need to get off my dick. During all of this, John the Baptist, remember him, right? He's languishing in jail, hearing about Jesus. Jesus has been getting in touch, letting John know that he's been doing some dope shit. Jesus then starts telling people about his bezzy mate, Jay the B. Jesus gets into some more bother with the Pharisees, which are like the high priests, I think, and he keeps telling them to chill out, that he will break laws if it suits him. This particular beef was about him eating corn from a field on the Sabbath. They say the devil is making him be able to drive out demons. Oh, right, yeah, Jesus has also been doing that along with healing people. And Jesus just says that makes no sense sense, you fucking idiots. Is the devil making me get rid of devils? Uh, why? Jesus touts them he'll be inside the earth dirty for three days and nights, and then Jesus' mum and brother turn up for a bit. Nope, not sure who his brother is either. Okay, Jesus tells more stories to random crowds, feeds them all up with magic, fish, and bread. Right, all these stories he shares are metaphors. Really annoying metaphors that he doesn't explain to the people, but explains to his disciples later on. So, admitting that they need an explanation, otherwise they make no fucking sense, right? All of them are just about farming or drinking, and then he lets people know, actually, uh, he's saying don't be shit or something. It's tedious as all hell. I absolutely hate metaphors, me. Like, he is asked straight up why 
why he speaks in parables. And he answers with a fucking riddle. Jesus is the worst. This guy is asking for a crucifixion. Let's check back in with John the Baptist. And I'm afraid to say it's not good news. Okay? If any of you lot are huge JTB fans, this bit might upset you a touch. Basically, he gets his head cut off because a fit woman gave King Herod a lap dance, okay? Let's move on. Back to Jesus. Lots more healing, lots more Pharisees getting shirty with him for going against their rules and not respecting them. Lots more Jesus telling them to go fuck themselves. And then he comes out to his disciples, not like that, letting them know that he is the Messiah and will need to be killed. This is the part where a lot of people would suddenly realise they have accidentally fallen into a cult, but they're in too deep to bail now. But you should bail. If you find yourself with that charismatic guy I told you to avoid, but you didn't because he's too goddamn charismatic, and you've been stuck with him a while. Soon as he starts talking about the need for death of him or you or anyone, run. This is the same as Heaven's Gate and Jonestown and all that. The only difference is that this was ages ago, and I don't think anyone gets offended if you say that Heaven's Gate fellow was mental. Then Moses and Elijah from off of Better Bible season one turn up to say hello to Jesus, and the disciples shit it until Jesus tells them to chill out. And we find out that children are the best ones in heaven. I'd keep an eye on that if I were you. Jesus leaves for Judea, uh, some chat about divorce, uh, apparently divorce is no good, it used to be you could divorce twice but not a third time, now fucking no divorce. Uh, some children come to Jesus for him to touch them, he does, and Jesus goes all Plato when someone asks him how much good you have to do to get into heaven, and go, good, define good, I thought only God was good prick. The twelve disciples will have a throne and each will judge one of the twelve tribes of Israel. Oh, so is that why there's twelve? That makes more sense, doesn't it? Anyway, right, Jesus reiterates that he will die soon and after some healing, two disciples are sent to get a donkey and a colt and bring them both to Jesus so he can fulfil a prophecy. This is the prophecy I mentioned earlier where the author of Matthew misunderstood that uh, saying donkey and colt was referring to the same fucking thing. So he has Jesus surfing on two not horses, right? Uh, sing, sing, sing. Jesus angry at temple. Rage, rage, rage. Jesus keeps preaching and fucking off the priests and they proper want to arrest Jesus but are scared of the crowd. Everybody loves Jesus at this point. Probably because he's magic and he throws sandwiches and heals everyone. The priests try to trap him with questions like, should we be expected to pay imperial taxes? Jesus says, whatever, uh, Caesar's on the money and that's all idolatry, so give the shit to Caesar, give God what's his, which is your soul, bitch. And he tells them loving God and neighbours is the most important law because everyone needs good neighbours. And after a while, people just stop asking Jesus questions because no one likes a smart ass. Jesus does more teaching to his disciples, saying all priests are balanced. He says their words may be good and, you know, follow that, but they don't lead by example, so don't be like those little bitches. Keep humble, keep chill, and all about justice, mercy, and forgiveness, yo. But the very next chapter, after all that hippy-dippy stuff, they find Jesus in a grump. And when they start to speak, he goes off. It's all nation fighting nation, famine, disease, persecution, death, false prophets, fucking everywhere. Jesus goes extreme end of days preaching that there will be false messiahs and you got to ignore them, but the real one will come along and you kind of just sort of have to feel which one that is. Bit vague, but that's as good as the info is going to get. All you know is the Son of Man 
will come when you least expect it. Something about God hating thrifty people? That's probably not in it, is it? Um, just metaphors. Right, we're almost there. You're doing so well, gang. Uh, it's been a while since you've been in better Bible mode, but you've jumped back in with both feet and you're sticking with me. I know this book runs through stuff very quickly, and I know that you're familiar with the story and you're a bit surprised that bits are slightly different in this one than you imagined. Jesus was born in a house, not a stable. In Matthew, Matthew, it is, a, it is a house. There's less going on in this one. It sort of gets to the point. Passover is here. Jesus is again saying he will die and will be crucified. You see, Caiaphas, uh, who's like the head high priest, is plotting to arrest him, and a woman pours perfume on his head, and all the disciples get in up in arms, telling him what a waste of money that is. The money could have been used for the poor, but Jesus says, leave her alone, right? There's always going to be poor, little defeatist, if you ask me, and points out that she is preparing his body for his burial. Again! I didn't know that was the reason for the oil stuff. I'd always just assumed it was to chill him out during that song about trying not to worry. Anyway, she will be remembered, doesn't give her name, but she will be remembered somehow. Judas, Judas Iscariot, goes off to the high priest and asks what are they willing to give him if he turns over Jesus. Turns out, 30 pieces of silver. Can you say prophecy? Meanwhile, the disciples are at some fella's house having Passover dinner. Jesus casually says one of them will betray him, and it is the one who dipped their hand in the bowl with me. Not a euphemism. Woe to that man. Judas is all like, what, me? And Jesus retorts, like, duh. We get the bread, body, wine, blood bit, and Jesus says he's off the booze till he sees everyone in heaven. Over in Gethsemane now, Jesus prays with Peter and Zebedee, then leaves them to it, asking God to take this cup from him. God's answer is a result sounding nope and Jesus says okay he'll do it gets angry at disciples for falling asleep I mean it is very late and he is going on then Judas turns up and kisses him Jesus tells him to do what he came for and Jesus gets got the disciples are suddenly wide awake and swords drawn for a fight but Jesus stops them and off to Caiaphas he goes who incidentally cannot find any evidence to put Jesus to death and all that temple destruction stuff Jesus was banging on about comes back to bite him in the ass oh yeah earlier on he said I'm gonna tear down the temple or something which was again metaphor but the problem with speaking exclusively in metaphors is sometimes people are gonna think you're speaking literally fucking get a clue Jesus when asked if he's the Messiah Jesus says maybe so the high priests look at the coquettish Jesus and piss on about black Blasphemy. Kill him, spit in his face, punch him. Peter is a little bitch, as Jesus predicted earlier. Forgot to mention that, sorry. Three times denies him before the cock crows. You know the deal. Okay, so morning comes and the priests are making plans to execute Jesus and they send him to Pilate. Judas gives back those 30 pieces of silver, saying he's sinned, and the priests are all like, Sounds like a you problem. And Judas kills himself. Priests pick up the coins and say, Yeah, this is blood money, isn't it? So it can't go into the treasury. And instead, they use it to buy a potter's field to bury foreigners, which is called the field of blood, which is another prophecy being fulfilled. Jesus, then, is put before Pilate, who's kind of like the Roman fella who looks after this district, right? Uh, Just being unhelpful with Pilate, and there's a custom at Passover to release a single prisoner. At the time they had Jesus, they have this other prisoner called Jesus Barabbas, both called Jesus, which implies lazy writing. Pilate asks who they want to release. Do they want to release Jesus from off of Bible? Who has done, let's be fair, nothing wrong just got a bit of a temper and says he's god occasionally or do you want the murderous rapist sort of like vile monster jesus barabbas pilate's wife 
Tao's pilot not to have anything to do with the innocent Jesus. Like, it's, it's, it's a bad business. She had a dream about it, probably an angel, right? But while she's telling him that, the chief priest is running around the crowd convincing everyone to call for Barabbas. So they're all like, crucify Jesus! What, Jesus Barabbas? No, Jesus, the other Jesus. So who do you want us to do? Kill Jesus! What do you mean, Jesus? There's two people called Jesus. Oh, fuck it out. All right, Barabbas, we want him free, right? And the other Jesus, we want him killed. And this goes on for ages. And Pilate is getting nowhere with these people because he's going like, are you sure you want you want the one who's an active danger to you to be really say, yeah, please, please, please. Then he's like, oh, yeah, fine, whatever, you go for it. So then he washes his hands. And then Pilate's going like, I'm having nothing to do with this. I'll wash my hands of this, right? And then the crowd yell, his blood is on us and on our children. <laughs> Which, you know, sounds a bit tricky. <laughs> but Jesus flogged and handed over to be crucified. Jesus stripped, naughty. Uh, a scarlet robe's chucked on him, a crown of thorns, whap, 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 put on his head, and he's given a staff. They mock him, probably calling him a prick, take off his robe that they just put on him, and lead him away to crucify him. Simon of Cyrene, don't know who that is, right, is forced to carry the cross for a bit and they end up getting to a place called Golgotha, which is Place of the Skull. It's the most metal name in all of Bible. They offer him wine mixed with gall. I don't know what gall is. Let's say it's vinegar, right? So he's like, oh, yum, 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 yum. Uh, 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 that's horrible, right? Then they crucify him, divide up his clothes, and two rebels are crucified with him at the same time time and these rebels are going like uh, uh, saying to Jesus like why don't you save yourself from the cross and they both start insulting him and calling him rubbish and Jesus is like no fuck you this goes on for a bit then shit weather comes over and about 3pm the first time we've had anything specific with time right 3pm exactly Jesus cries to God oh my god why have you forsaken me the earth shakes tombs open the dead come out of tombs, right? All of the dead come out of their tombs and go into the holy city and they say he was the son of God, right? There are loads of women knocking about, including Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Jesus. James and Zebedee are knocking around surrounded by women, right? And with presumably zombies everywhere, Jesus is dead and someone, a fellow asked to have Jesus body right takes it and puts it in his own tomb and puts a rock in front of it this is with the permission of his mum and mary magdalene who's appeared out of fucking nowhere and presumably james and zebedee are just bouncing around in the background right so mary magdalene and some other women are sat opposite the tomb the next day just i, I don't know let's say they're picking mushrooms the priests go to Pilate saying, Jesus said he was going to rise on the third day. So make sure the tomb's secure, otherwise his disciples are going to turn up, steal the body and go, oh look, and you know, like pretend it's a magic trick when really they're just hiding Jesus' dead body. So they pop a guard at the tomb and put a seal on it. Now, after the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene and another Mary go to the tomb. Were they not just outside the tomb? Anyway, it doesn't matter, right? They go to the tomb and there's an earthquake and the tomb opens. The guard shits it and an angel tells all the women to chill out. I can only imagine all the women immediately jumped on top of the nearest stool hiding from the ghosty mouth. What happened? 
happened to all those zombies? There were loads of the dead just strolling about the place a couple of days ago, and now they've fucked off. I don't know whether they returned to their tombs or whether they just, like, uh, were still wandering the earth and everyone just quickly got used to zombies everywhere, or if they just fell down wherever they were. There's no information as to what happened. Who cleaned it? Anyway, fucking hell. Jesus has risen from the dead, right? And then he fucks off to Galilee. Right? The women go and tell the disciples, and then they're like, oh, give over. But then Jesus turns up and says, hiya, uh, uh, don't, don't be afraid. Like, what do you mean we don't be afraid? We're used to seeing dead bodies now. Do you not remember when you died, right? But he says, tell everyone to go to Galilee. So everyone does. The guards report to the priests all of the shit that they saw, and the priests say, keep, keep this, this on the, the DL, DL, right? Tell everyone the disciples did it. And then apparently, like, Matthew throws in another dig, saying this story's been widely circulated around the Jews to this day. Right, presumably the idea that the disciples done it. That is two digs specifically at the Jewish community in this book. There's one going like, is on your Jewish hands, and all of your children, and the Jews keep on spreading this bullshit, right? This is... <laughs> Right, the, the disciples worship him, but some doubted Jesus, right? Jesus tells his disciples to go convert the world, I'm with you always, till the end. And there you have it. The first of the four Gospels, very, very sort of tricky in parts, isn't it? Next up, we're going to get to Mark, which I believe is the shortest one. We'll hear the same story again. Maybe he'll choose a different race to throw little digs in at. But it'll be fun either way, won't it? And it's good to be back. It's, it's good to speak to you guys again. I hope it's good to hear me. But tell the world. Enjoy yourself. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Congratulations on listening to this episode of Better Bible. Start a club and share your favorite moments. Tell your loved ones we're here, and we will save you. Greg bless. That's really stupid. Stupid. <laughs>